You are listening to the Bombzilla Podcast. And this week, the news. Tape recording is for United World News, Chicago, USA. Well, here's your headline. I want full newspaper coverage, magazine stories, books. Well, I want it on the air 24 hours a day. This is our moment. And welcome back to another edition of Bonzilla News Update in, on this podcast. Yeah. Tomorrow Never Dies. And of course, it's Gojira, you, you moron. moron. Um, I'm I like that that is the official way. <laughs> like, I thought the first episode we no. were doing that as a joke, but now it's like our official news yeah. like intro. That's nice. Yeah, That's I, nice. I, I like it. Uh, I didn't even know we were doing a news episode until about like 15 minutes ago. So Somebody's got to keep... The lights well, running just, around here. I did not know there were news. Yeah, there were news. <laughs> I didn't know there were news to talk about. Like, I mean, there's news, but I didn't think there was Bond or Godzilla, you know, much yeah. related news, but I guess there is. So. Um, and uh, so anyway, uh, Nick, you, you said you had a brief uh, thing. Brief tidbit on Bond, because uh, there's really, really haven't been too many updates uh, since the big explosion on our on our last one, <laughs> and, and Craig's still kind of at the tail end of his recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do, you know, these days you have set photos and, and, you know, people kind of filming sets and, you know, whatnot. And mm-hmm. not every, you know, not all the time, you know, do people say like, oh, like, it's not always great because sometimes <laughs> there's like different effects and, you know, costume things that didn't get fixed. Yeah. Um, sometimes you look on the set and you're like, why do those dark elves look so bad? And then you see them in the movie and then they look just fine. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes it's, like, it is funny though. Cause people don't realize that like set photos do make right. like actual production design look unflattering well, right yeah because unless it's like officially produced stuff if it's like a guy on a camera like 20 feet away yeah it's not gonna look good on your phone camera yeah i mean it's like production design is meant for ultimately on camera yeah <laughs> it's not yes. meant to be looked at ultimately uh, but, but basically that, that's story. so uh there have been some set photos from the filming that have been coming out and very interestingly uh we have a car oh uh that has been spotted on the bond set uh and it's a very interesting choice of car this isn't um, a car then then he flies off <laughs> uh so there have been photos of the bond filming using the aston martin v8 vantage oh um, which is very interesting because that is the car from the Living Daylights. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very interesting because most of the time when they go back to the classic car, it's always the Aston Martin DB5 mm-hmm. from you know Goldfinger and Thunderball. And has that been the case for all the Craig movies? Yes. Yeah. So the one in Skyfall was the Aston Martin. Yeah. Uh, that explodes in Skyfall and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think he also uses that similar Aston Martin in Casino. In Royale. Casino Royale, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's also weird, like in those movies where they do the weird thing in Casino Royale, and then it's like he go he has it in storage in Skyfall, but then in Spectre, it's like a piece of equipment that they're going to give to somebody else. Well, there's a different car that's a piece of equipment. Is it a different car? Yeah. I thought they were rebuilding the car. Or maybe it was. I, I, yeah. No, because it's, it's almost the, it, no, 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 no. Because he gets the car that he doesn't know how to use. No, no, no. But at the end, he gets the car. Because remember, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. They, I'm, I'm sorry, they, I was thinking about the main. Car. They were going to give it to 006 or whatever. It's almost as if they didn't think it through. No. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, but basically that's interesting because it's so it's a different kind of classic Bond car, and also it's seemingly acknowledging that the Dalton movies, you know, are something to be nostalgic about at some point. Or, yeah. 
because uh, also allegedly, I mean, I haven't seen the photos close up, but there have also been reports that it also has the exact same license plate number That's cool. uh, that it has in uh, Living Daylights. And as a big fan of the Living Daylights, a film that is in my top five Bond movies, uh, it's very exciting just to kind of see some acknowledgement of those two films, which again, some, sometimes get tossed to the wayside, but I think are both very interesting and very good watches. I mean, listen, I'm up for like, I want them to do Lazenby callbacks. So it's like, you know, now that I'm a, I'm a Bond fan, mm-hmm. I want them to go, I want deep cuts in these movies now, not just like a jetpack. I want like, you know, yeah. like go back to the Dalton movies. Yeah, like, and, you yeah know, do go. so. Absolutely. Um, but that was like the one big thing. But really, when I just did a brief search upon 25 News, yeah. it really wasn't. Well, I do have another piece of uh, James Bond uh, news. Uh, very, very light. Uh, and it involves uh, more possible troubles on the uh, James Bond. Oh, we're talking set. about this thing where Rami and Craig might not be able to film. Together. Right, right. And I, and I say this. The only reason I bring this up is because, I again, this is not this is not big new it's not as big as the injury or yeah. the explosion but you know this is the this is my the Bonzilla only news update, thing about so. that is i did see that in my search but i've only seen it from one source and i'm always very weary yeah about one source stuff like mm-hmm. in anything that i do i like to kind of know like that multiple people are reporting it because it, it wasn't like the explosion where everybody it wasn't it. everywhere i did see this report on like one site but i'm gonna kind of wait to see mm-hmm. Sort of, if the, if more sort of quarter comes out about this. Well, the only, ultimately, what I was going to say about it because it did come up, like some people were talking about it, and I was going to bring it up, kind of the saying that there may be some production validity to it because, as we've seen with the injury and the explosion, like schedules have been thrown off. Yeah. But ultimately, this is much much ado about nothing. Yeah. Like I, I think. I yeah. mean, they're going to work if it, it is, out. If it is true. Yeah. There, there's, it'll they'll find a way to kind of bring those two together. Because yeah. I can't also imagine that there's like a million scenes between them mm-hmm. being hero and, you know, Bond and villain. I'm sure there's some significant scenes, but it's not like, you know, it's not like they're going to have their big like third act battle where they need, like, you know, it's not like a Marvel movie where you kind of need everybody together. But even like my example is going to be like, listen, the Avengers movies make do with not having everybody, everybody there yeah, at the same true. time. So even that, even that's much true. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. Probably not that big of a deal. Yeah, like and most likely not not mm-hmm. that. Big I haven't of a deal. seen a lot of headlines about is this Bond production cursed? So yeah, well that well and, I mean and for more information on that, you might want to listen to our deep dive episode. Yes, uh, which, which we fi- ju- ah which we finally got the appropriate plays on. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, yeah, the, which you finally got. Well, you know, it's got to marinate a little. Well, no, because like the first two days it was zero, and I was like, that's weird because I. Yeah, listen to it. So I should have a a listen, mm-hmm. and then it just turned out SoundCloud had an error, and then it just gave us all our, our proper listen. Curse you, SoundCloud! But I was very worried. I was like, oh man, did we like overestimate our audience? <laughs> never. The we've hundred, never. The dozens of you, <laughs> dozens. Listen, I appreciate each one of those dozens. No, I know. Yeah. Um, that was an Arrested Development reference. I don't know if you noticed that. I did not actually yeah, beca- because because uh, there are dozens. Because we do because do. do because we like or don't like Arrested Development now? I think it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I like Arrested Development. I had no interest in watching season five, but I like Arrested Development. <laughs> uh, Godzilla News. <laughs> it's Gojira, <laughs> you moron. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, we didn't, didn't really sync up there. No. 
you know, it, it takes a little bit of practice. Listen, I'm fake all, news. I'm still all like E3 Nintendo was great. Go ahead. Go oh ahead. yeah. Go ahead. Right, Go ahead. We're just gonna turn this into an E3 coverage. Anyway, by the way, no Godzilla game was announced. Yes, there was a rumor going around. <laughs> now, listen, I, I I did see the rumor, and it would be interesting, but also the leaked roster. For it was like too good to be true for a Godzilla fan. It was because the the roster itself was a really good grab bag of unique, unconventional choices and good choices. Like one, of which the... is like really good for a fighting game. Yeah, and made it very improbable that it would happen. It had like Zilla and the Mutos in it and Orga. But Jet, see, the reason you wanted it to be true was yeah. that Jet Jaguar was on the rumored roster. That's true. And but that's... Jet Jaguar has been in a lot of the fighting. I know, games but as well. it's just like. It, it's that's the reason you, any opportunity for yeah. jet jaguar to, to kind of come to it well because there was a lot of stuff that made it too good to be true and we won't spend that much time on this but there was like the r- rumor that it was going to be a 2d fighting game yeah. like but then it was like by the people who did dragon ball like arc fighters system, arc system works so they're guys yeah. who do guilty gear and and stuff and they're probably one of the best fighting game producers yeah. in the world right now well because if i were thinking like wow if you did it in that style of like fighters or something like yeah. that would actually be it would be neat that would be awesome okay actually i'm just gonna will it into existence it was announced at e3 yeah. this past week please no. please uh t- but to a- actual news um so nick um there have been um in the wake of Godzilla's uh, um, reception and uh, performance uh, is at box office. Can you actually pass me that uh, those uh, those papers right there? Thank you. Um, that there have been some possible talks and some rumors and some uh, implications that uh, Godzilla versus Kong, uh, which is still due to come out uh next year in 2020 may actually be pushed back later into the year of 2020 mm-hmm. and we're not uh looking at a uh, big delay or anything but there was some uh there was a uh, interview with uh some executives and producers um at legendary about um about uh the Godzilla and the Monsterverse franchise and uh one of the quotes uh by uh Toby Emmerich um this was via deadline by the way yeah um said that um because there's been a lot of talk about how is legendary actually feeling about the performance of this movie and it seems that it is all steam ahead on going forward where kong uh, or godzilla versus kong and uh one of the quotes was that they're excited for it and it may come out later in the year though though so they can deliver an a plus movie and that uh the film will deliver for fans in the way that they were looking for uh, I think this has been a quote uh, that the uh, Godzilla fandoms have kind of read into a little bit too much, mm-hmm. uh, but definitely has some possible implications. Um, given just that news, because I don't know, have you heard this news? That, no, the no, pin- I did. I had no idea. So, get, and again, this is all it was. It was an executive basically saying that it may get pushed back into the year. So just given that information as a possibility, what would be your thoughts on that? I mean, it would be unfortunate because I think, as we talked about in our last news episode, I do think March is a solid time for you know that type of movie. Mm-hmm. And I think like being a March 2020 film would have, I think, been a good thing. And obviously I'm excited for it, so I don't want to see it delayed. 
Um, mostly because then we'll have to extend this podcast even longer. <laughs> well, I uh, later but, in the year isn't actually that bad. No, like if it was like, I, if it's later in 2019, like especially if it's August uh, time, I still could be August September. I think would also be a solid day. Mm-hmm. I just think that they, you know, just for the sake of it, I would be. It would be very interesting if they push it into the summer because we've already seen, you know. The next summer, maybe not as crowded, but, you know, summers do still tend to be crowded. Mm -hmm. And I do feel like I'd rather just see the film earlier, later, you know, Mm -hmm. just outside the summer because I think that just gives it a little bit more of an opportunity to stand out. Well, there was a lot of chatter about what does this mean? Does this mean a – are they going to try to do a course correction? And Because I think the way that a lot of people have read into the comments is that, oh, like – like we want to make it as good as possible. We, well, I think a lot of people have honestly read it as like, "Oh no, we get it. You didn't like King of the Monsters, or you didn't come." In. Which, again, we've talked about on this podcast. Critically, probably a lot of people didn't like it, but the numbers show that mostly just people didn't go to see it. Yeah. Uh, so, with that aside, a lot of people have read into it like they're acknowledging their faults and that they're going to maybe delay it so they can make it the best movie possible. Little kind of. Let's. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily the case. I don't read. I don't like reading into comments, but I definitely don't read these comments as like this admission of defeat. No. Personally, no. Um, I'm trying to think of the best way to say this. With us, we have a proximity to a lot of these productions, and we may or may not know people either surrounding or involved in said productions. Mm-hmm. That's how I will put it. What I will say, and this is as much as I can say, is my understanding is that Legendary and team were not displeased with uh, King of the Monsters as a movie b- before it came out. Yeah. Uh, and my understanding was it's like they went, they have been going in on this MonsterVerse very excited, uh, like just Legendary as a team. So I don't get the sense that it's like, oh, that they knew that they released a dud on their yeah. hands, and now this next one is really going to get it. And this also does not read like it's the panic button. Yeah. Because I think that's what people automatically go to, and I do think that it's very much like, you know... Because the, the thing is, is like, Kong versus Godzilla, Godzilla versus Kong, yeah. is going to happen. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. The movie has been made, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, if not you know, finish filming, basically. Well, if we look at the timeline of production, now's around the time when, frankly, they'll be going into reshoots soon, and they're probably finishing up visual effects. And mm-hmm. But it is that time where if there is... Like, here's the thing, and I know, like, there's going to be news about reshoots, and then people are still going to hit that panic button harder where they're going to try to fix everything. No, the movie comes out uh, mid-next year, let's say. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the time when they're going to be doing reshoots. Yeah, that, reshoots that's just how this works. We, we've, reshoots are necessary. Yeah, I now, mean, it, yeah, it's, it's just that in this in this modern film reporter culture, it's just that we all see reshoots as like, oh, what's wrong with the movie? And it's yeah. like, well, when you make a movie, guys, it you know you you do everything. You write the movie, you cast it, and you're like, oh, this is you know this is solid. And then you there's a difference between reading script on a page and watching it you know, on like a, a screen. Mm-hmm. And I think that reshoots are a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes they can be overboard. There, there's not, there's times where you try to do too much in reshoots and try to overcourse correct. But that reshoots, especially on these big budget movies, are, are just a necessity. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, 
now this is, this is the case especially because it's like you know later this year let's say in the next couple months like when we get into september they're probably going to be sitting down with the whole movie with a lot of their visual effects done and they're going to be watching the whole movie and then that's the time when they're like all right let's schedule these reshoots yeah. now if it's like all right we're pushing this back to 2021 and it's time for a month full of reshoots that may be a bit substantial. Yeah. <laughs> that may that may mean which that I don't think is going to be the case. I don't think that's going to be. I the mean, case. like I think we've said, and we're going to talk about it. I think a little bit more on our next deep dive. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ooh, good plug. Thank you. <laughs> but I think Kong versus Godzilla. I know it's called Godzilla versus Kong, but yeah. I can't stop saying Kong. <laughs> this movie is not the one that people should be really concerned about in terms of like the future of the MonsterVerse. What's going to be more interesting is where this franchise goes after Godzilla vs. Kong happens. Because again, Godzilla vs. Kong is happening and pretty much everything that's going to go on with it, unless there was something majorly wrong, unless it's a solo situation where they're just like, okay, we're just going to completely reshoot the movie in the next six months. Like, it's going to happen, and it's probably going to be the movie that they wanted to make. Mm-hmm. Because there's really, even with the delay and making you know making sure the visual effects are everything and, and the script and, and the movie is as good as can be, unless, again, unless you're doing the 2021 delay, there's not too much you can do to, like, fix it at this point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's only so much you can do in reshoots unless you're going to make it. Uh, yeah, like, I don't Unless, get again, the- you're making it a solo where you're just reshooting the entire movie. I think people need to be just kind of curious and and speculative more on what the, what the future after congress is mm. going to be because i think like whatever happens in terms of reshoots or delays the movie that they are making right now is the movie you're essentially going to see on screen i do think there's some validity in them rethinking a release date though no um, no i think though i i i think if, if they find if they if they see something yeah that indicates to them just that okay we have a better shot here yeah. or or there is more chance that people will come see it now. I think that's the case. Now, like, again, it, I, maybe, I, I think March is still solid, but if they feel like you know at the end of the summer is a little bit better for them, hey, no yeah, worries. Just to wrap up this part of the t- uh, topic, um, you know, they're they're moving forward with it. I think that there has been, and we'll get into this in the deep dive of. Um, there are some details about how Legendary operates with this movie, and there has also been talk about potential talk that you know. The, the movie itself, King of the Monsters, has not been this big disappointment that's going to result in DCEU levels of, yeah. of, like, you know, mismanagement. It doesn't seem that way. And I've always gotten the sense that the MonsterVerse movies have been kind of like they've made their own thing. Like, they yeah. haven't truly, like, uh, like, you know, bowed down to, like, you know, what people have really wanted, I, I, I don't mm-hmm. think. Um, so I don't sense like a big course correction coming. I think that while this may not have been the runaway hit that they were looking for, I don't think it's a, a doomsday scenario uh, at all. Okay. And that was not a uh, callback to the DCEU <laughs> either. Um, okay, so oh, um, I forgot about doomsday for a second. Though. Last uh, last piece of news, um, a little bit more fun stuff. Michael Doherty in a uh, Collider uh, interview, which um, it's a video interview, which if anybody's uh, interested in hearing um, the director's words on King of the Monsters, um, it it seemed to be an interview that was recorded a little bit earlier. That was another thing about this movie, too. And again, we'll get into this in the deep dive, but there was a little bit where the the coverage of this movie in retrospect was very scattered and very weird. And in my opinion, 
very sparse in comparison to a lot of other movies. So I don't think that necessarily helped out with the outside of the bubble mm-hmm. hype machine personally. But anyway, we have this interview on Collider and Doherty talks about uh, deleted scenes, his first cut of the movie and such. And I thought we kind of like take a little bit of a like dive into some of the things that he said. Uh, he said that the first cut of his uh, of his movie is uh, uh, about two hours and 45 minutes, which for those of you who don't know, director's cuts when they assemble it and work out. Um, I mean, that's no, there's a difference between an assembly cut, but then when the director has their cut, it usually tends to run long. Yeah. Um, and then they, you know, scale it back a little bit to get the pacing right and right. Wh- what they and, feel like makes and it. And also, just by the way, director's cut does not mean the better cut. No, oh no, 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 definitely uh, not. Because that kind of sometimes is like, oh, like, when will we see the director's cut? Yeah. Which it's funny how much people talk about that because it rarely even happens no, that know. you get a director's cut most well i think people always latch on to like the worst case scenarios where people like you know like well, to focus on like the studio interference or stuff right. but you'll get a lot of directors kind of saying like no like the cut that's out is the director's cut like yeah. or is like the mm-hmm. cut that they're happy yeah, with. yeah not not everything is a blade Runner situation people yeah um, that we don't need four cuts of any movie <laughs> So to give a comparison, and his, the Snyder cut does or doesn't exist, we it don't know. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist in the way that everybody wants it to exist. It, it just doesn't. Um, I also don't care about the Snyder <laughs> cut. Though, will you be one? Would you go see it if it was released? Just because, just the in theaters? Yeah. No. No, you don't think I w- so? No, I'm not paying to see <laughs> Justice League again. Are you kidding me? <laughs> But no, but if I'm it's saying, a road cut situation where you borrow the Blu-ray, absolutely. If I'm going to pay in movie theaters, I'd rather see Endgame again. God damn it. Um, okay, well, to give a comparison, his uh, director's cut was two hours and 45 minutes. The final cut of the movie was two hours and 12 minutes. In the interview, Doherty goes on to talk about how that's always uh, going to be the case. As somebody myself who works in post-production, you'll find out a lot that when you – the amount of trimming you do on cuts that take out time, like for instance, if you're working on a movie and you're working on like dialogue based scenes, the amount of times you take out like uhs and ums and Mm -hmm. like little pieces of like irrelevant, like performances that like, Oh, like maybe that's naturalistic, but you know, the scene is starting to slow down a little bit. Like again, like this is why making movies is hard. Like editing, it's not a hard job. I, I don't think, but it is a tricky job. Um, but he did say that he uh, he thinks about six to eight total scenes may have actually been cut because most of the stuff he uh, he thought that was cut was just like little trimmings of scenes that don't really aren't really worth mentioning. But he said if he had to guess, maybe six to eight whole scenes. Um, and it, it kind of made me think about like scenes that may have been cut from the movie. There's a Millie Bobby Brown had said something to the effect that she may have had like a fight with somebody at one point, and uh, I don't know what that would have been. Maybe that's like her escaping from like the like the eco terrorists. Maybe there was like something like that. There is definitely a deleted scene. It's the one major scene that was in the trailers that wasn't in the movie of her radioing, trying to radio somebody, yeah. and saying like, "Oh, I'm trying to contact Monarch," which. I would assume is maybe like during that period when Ghidorah is spoilers is uh you know wrecking havoc on the world so maybe that's where that yeah, scene yeah. would have come from. Yeah. Um. He, but Doherty said like the biggest thing that contributed to the movie getting cut down he's that in a, all of the human dialogue scenes which most of this stuff if probably not all of it was all human stuff um that the biggest thing was that there was the tendency to give everybody a moment 
and then like oh everybody gets their little bit into the conversation Mm -hmm. and he just felt that in a lot of those cases where it's like not every single person needs to talk in every single scene which i I would tend to agree with that's a a good editing tip and he also said that they found out in the writing process that there was the tendency to front load the first act and that it was completely over expository that like by the time that they sat down with the cut like the first act was like okay we get it like we got to trust some people that we get it that it's monsters and stuff so there was a little bit of that um he said that there was slightly more to the Ghidorah origin um but he said that that was more of like oh there's like this huge conversation about them potentially talking about the origins of Ghidorah but actually throughout the edit they he had actually decided that no, Ghidorah should just be an alien. Yeah. And because at one point in the cut, they said that somebody, he's like, he may be an alien. And somebody's like, but what if he, what if he's this? Or what if he's that? I don't know, but he's got to be stopped. And then he said in the, in the final cut, they're like, no, we're, we're just making him an alien. That's what Ghidorah Smart is. Call. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, but he, Doherty has often called it this, the, um, the Godzilla miniseries was his first director's cut of the film. Now, what I take that as is because, once again, the tendency is for a lot of people to feel like, oh, no, like if there's the longer cut, that will fix all the issues I had with the movie. It's not how editing works. No. And in fact, like it's probably going to most likely be sometimes with deleted scenes, you'll see one. You're like, oh, I kind of wish that was in the movie. That would have been nice. But a lot of times it is um, stuff that is, you know, uh, what, what do you call it? expendable i have a perfect example um, of this too. and well, the last thing i was going to say is like i'm sure a lot of this was a lot more of that expository stuff that everybody criticized the movie for anyway and i'm sure it was more of that and so you know that's just to give my little personal yeah. post-production insight on the thing i mean my personal opinion is that like in any director's cut scenario like the perfect example of this is honestly the road cut of uh days of future past yes in my opinion on it because on the one hand days of future past the road cut does add in or fix a lot of issues that i had with the movie mm-hmm. you know, it gives a little more to do with the, with the future cast it gives a more of a moment with beast and and uh, raven and stuff like that yeah it's all good but also the road cut is very long and yeah. it, you can feel the length even though it fixes all the issues it completely wrecks the pacing of that movie, and mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan of the of the theatrical cut, the the true cut mm-hmm. of uh, Days of Future Past. But I do admit that that movie does move, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a sort of similar thing here. I'm sure that the things in this in the in a in a longer cut are interesting, mm-hmm. but I don't believe that that's going to fix any problems that other people might have with the movie. And then, especially like, since I don't really have much issues with this movie, I do have little bits and you know little bits and quibbles here and there. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I think that the cut of the movie is very solid. Yeah. And I think that even if you don't think so, I don't think it's a matter of like the cut material is going to help anything either, because like yeah, we said, it doesn't, and it doesn't sound like there was, it's not like there was a major plot line cut or anything yeah. like that. It's not like, Oh, like we really cut down on, uh, the, uh, uh, I mean, there there could be and on like, this character, and oh, oh, we find out more about this character. I mean, there could be, but it's very much like it doesn't just feel like that's the case. No, and in most it feels like often, everything about the char- the major characters that we needed to know emotionally mm-hmm. about, or is in the movie. While we may have gotten a character beat at one point, there's also, like I said, the cut material could be the stuff where 
they cut down the stuff about King Ghidorah's origin, and we said it's best that they cut it down because they just straight up call him an alien, and that works better for the movie. Yeah. So it, it, it works that way, and uh, that's a little bit of insight on Mike Doherty and his cut of you the know, King of the Monsters. We could ask him more details if we get him on the podcast. On, on the podcast. Dude, come here. I actually, uh, that's another piece of news. Uh, I got to meet the man in Burbank, Cal- Burbank, California, the store Dark Delicacies. There was a signing. Uh, great store, by the way. Go support your local shop. Um, and then if you're going to go get stuff signed, don't be an asshole. Buy something at the store. Bring your own thing, but also buy something at the store. Don't be one of those people who just brings your stuff and get freebies and mooch off of people. Um, so, But I was able to go to the store, and uh, Mike Doherty was there doing a signing of the Art of Godzilla book, which is an awesome book. Um, and um, he, super nice guy. He was uh, uh, super great, and I, I told him that uh, here on the Bonzilla podcast we gave – uh, we approved of the film. Um, so anyway, so that is it for this Bonzilla weekly update. Nick, thanks for joining me. Um, and I was uh, happy to come in and figure out what I was talking about <laughs> 20 minutes before we we started. So. Hey man, news it keeps moving. It comes yeah. up, it sneaks up well, on you. Just like I was like, oh, we, I didn't I didn't know there was news. Yeah, well, there's always. I had, news. I did not hear about this possible delay for Kong. Well, that's, that's... versus Godzilla or. As it is really known, so you're Godzilla con- versus Kong. So you're like the audience. Like you may not have heard about it. Yeah. And now, now you've I'm heard. like a general audience member. <laughs> um. So, uh, some other information on the episode. We just dropped our first uh, episode in the deep dive uh, Bondzilla series, in which we dive deeper into a Bond or a Godzilla topic. And uh, this past week, we uh, dropped a deep dive on James Bond on uh, the updates of Bond 25 and what we would like to see going forward. And our next episode coming out this week is our, a new uh, addition into our main movie series in which we will be talking about the second millennium uh, movie uh, in the Godzilla franchise, Godzilla vs. Megaguirus. So stay tuned for that. Um, so that'll do it for today. And until next time, I'm Will. And I'm Nick. Good night, everybody. Good news. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs>